time to get you set up for all the weekend's betting action across the sports world. It's BetQL Weekend, only on the BetQL Network. Yes, indeed. Your favorite once a week, one hour. Yes, it is a gambling show, Jack. BetQL Weekend, BetQL Network, Mutt and Fritz, Mike Manansky, WEEI in Boston, Jack Fritz, WIP. Uh, have you figured out what like favorites are, underdogs? Did you did any any prep for the gambling part of today's show, Fritz? <laughs> I'm glad to see you uh, started the snark early. Um, I don't I don't appreciate that. You know how nervous I am heading into this weekend. Uh, I'm clearly <laughs> on edge, and I am I'm gonna take it out on you for this next 42 minutes, uh, where we talk about uh, gambling. Honestly, frankly, I was I was strictly focused on building the Fritz list. So we'll see if we can mix some gambling around that third segment. Uh, we'll try to get some gambling into this BetQL network program. Uh, we have the weekend fade coming up. We got things we're fading. Teams are fading, not just this weekend, but the upcoming yes. season. We'll get to the fade coming up in segment two. As he mentioned, the Fritz list late in hour, number, uh, hour one, late in hour one yep. here on this one hour program on the BetQL network. Uh, I admit last Friday we did the show. I watched Trey Lance. I watched Jordan Love. I was into... The Friday night football a week ago, I was not into Bears and Seahawks. Did you dip your toe into preseason Thursday night football this week, Fritz? I didn't, um, but I did see the highlights this morning. And once again, I feel bad for Justin Fields um, because, like, the thing about it is, like, he throws such a nice ball, you know, like when he has time and he can sit there and he can deliver the football. He looks like a good quarterback, but then he's also running for his life on every play. His best receiver <laughs> is, is Mooney. Um, and I just feel bad for him. I really do. So, um, you know, the Bears best quarterback of all time is probably Jay Cutler. Um, and it looks like that Justin Fields, if, if Justin Fields can overcome this, it'd be massive um, because he does throw a nice ball. But no, I was not locked in on, on Bears and uh, Seahawks last night. Admittedly, admittedly, I have a lot of best ball shares in Drew Locke. I'm not sure I'm sharing that with the people. So I was going to watch if Drew Locke was in. He got COVID, did not play. So I was not fully invested. But you had a team, and certainly the Bears, who did not make the playoffs a year ago. That's where I want to start the show here today, Fritz. We talked about last week, playoff teams from last year. We think are going to miss it this year. We're flipping it. We're content guys. Teams that missed the playoffs a year ago that we like heading in. There are three or four favorites a bunch of underdogs, and then one that I think you and I agree is wildly mispriced, might be missing something on one team in the NFC. But I'm going to let you start since uh, you you are the guest here on this show. I'm the gambling guy. You're the guest. Uh, if you had to pick one off the top here, odds involved, whatever, what is the most likely or most your favorite bet amongst non-playoff teams a year ago as we get into the NFL season this year they will be part of the postseason? Yeah, so my favorite is, uh, and one that sticks out, is the Indianapolis Colts. And they they missed the playoffs last year. They should have made it if Carson was just not a disaster uh, to close out last season. We, we've been over, I think you and I, the thing that we've been most aligned on, um, besides these last two weeks of strife that we have had, is the Tennessee Titans just not oh, yeah. being it this year. Um, now, I did see one video of Traylon Burks this week that I was like, ah, you know, maybe it could actually be the A.J. Brown replacement. And but, by the way, uh, I'm so dumb. It only takes one video. Like, Trey Lance drops one 50-yard touchdown pass in not only a preseason game, but in practice. And I'm rushing to bet 49ers futures. So, one preseason video highlight, and I'm sold on that player. 
Oh, dude, I, to- I totally agree with you. I did a whole segment on how I believe that Malik Willis and Trey Lance are the next special quarterbacks in, the- in football. So <laughs> it's, it, it, does not, it doesn't take much, pal. Um, but, and yeah, we are both suckers for, for those videos, which I love to see. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you've seen a lot of explosive plays out of Patriots camp uh, so far this year. <laughs> yeah, fights <laughs> but, about it. Explosive yeah. fights. Yeah. But you look at the Titans, and you know they they didn't they never wanted to trade AJ Brown. I think that's bad voodoo. Uh, you have uh, Ryan Tannehill, who is just fine. You know, I mean, he, he we saw last year Ryan Tannehill is. You get him to the playoffs, bang three interceptions in the first game. All of their worst fears realized. Um, and yeah, Derrick Henry's great. But at the same time, like, how much longer is Derrick Henry going to be Derrick Henry? You know what I mean? Like, like Sean Alexander was a guy who was dominant for a little bit. He, he never gets talked about, yep. you know, like he's, he's big, he's menacing, he's this, that was hurt last year. Um, and then I look at the Colts and I, I see, I see Matt Ryan. I see what Phillip Rivers was the year before Carson got there, except better when they won 11 games. So uh, I don't think they're going to be like a great team in the AFC. When I'm looking at pure value, uh, I love where the Colts are at. Yeah, Colts up there at minus 175, uh, one of the favorites. They're, they're not my favorite of these plays. And again, these are these are not like huge long shot odds. But you know, how about a team like the Baltimore Ravens? You know, we talked about MVP opportunities. Fritz, we talked about guys who can win awards this year. I think Lamar Jackson is a legit MVP candidate. Uh, I look forward to seeing what that offense looks like. They were one of the unluckiest teams last year on the field and off the field. I believe they lost the most injuries of any team in 2021 so they're bound to get better injury luck uh i think they've sort of refocused that offense it sounds like around lamar jackson i know they're up there what minus 165 again not a great price but if you'd ask me to pick my favorite of these teams that didn't make it a year ago that i'm confident in this year it'd be lamar jackson and the baltimore ravens and by the way lamar 22 to 1 and i've already uh, along with some season total bets on the ravens i'm in on lamar for an mvp run here in 2022 yeah, I guess my thing with that is, like, who do you think wins the the AFC North? Are you are you still believing in the Bengals? Can the Ravens get in there? No, I mean, I I see see that's another good. It's a good point. I believe in the Super Bowl team that loses dealing with regression the next year. And to their credit, the, the Bengals had a really effective offseason. Their offensive line stunk. They went out and got uh, the kid from Tampa. They got uh, Ted Karras from the Kyle Patriots. Collins. Like they spent, yeah, they, they Kyle Collins. They reinvest in their offensive line. So. It's not like I'm thinking they're going to be, fall way backwards, but I think based on schedule, health a year ago, and just on the field luck, I actually think the Ravens have a real good chance, uh, you know, better than a coin flip in my mind to win that division. Yeah, the other weird thing about where, where the Bengals are at right now um, is the whole Jesse Bates thing. And yeah. Joe Burrow talked a lot last year about how much, like, Jesse Bates is a leader on that defense. Like, he's one of the leaders yeah. on this team. We need him around. This whole contract thing, maybe that throws off a little bit with the locker room. Joe Burrow is – he's not hurt. I mean, he has – he's just getting another offseason surgery that's causing him to miss some time right now. It's just – it's so hard to bet against that guy. So, yeah. it, it's really – you know, the, the AFC, like, you go through it, and there's just – there's so little spots for how talented these teams are at. You know, like there's there, there's so many good teams in the AFC that if they're in the NFC, it's like, oh, they're a top like two seed right now, frankly, yeah. um, that are going to miss the playoffs. And and that's what makes the AFC so intriguing and so fun. So the Ravens, I think, are a good pick. The team that I'm going with here is, you know, the team of the offseason, the, the kind of buzz around them. And I, I, I'm going to buy into them. 
And that's the, 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 the Los Angeles Chargers. You know, they probably should have made it last year. I know that the price probably isn't great on them. Um, but they should have made the playoffs last year if Brandon Staley just, like, <laughs> accepted the tie in the last game against the Raiders. <laughs> like, all you had to do is accept the tie, and you're in the playoffs there, uh, Brandon, you big genius. Um, so, but you look at them. I mean, they have the Bosa brother. They have Khalil Mack. Like, if you want to talk about yep. teams that, like, if you want to talk about – pillars of great teams it's weapons great quarterback and pass rush and good corners and they have like everything they have every box is that, not, is that nine pillars nine, nine pillars of great <laughs> well my pillars my pillars fluctuate i didn't know if i wanted to put an offensive coach on there but then i realized Brandon <laughs> silly is a defensive coach so that was a that was a mid tier or a mid pillar change up to good cornerbacks but what I meant yep. was you need to have great weapons, great quarterback, pass rush, and cornerbacks. That's what I value the most. And they have all of that. Uh, they, they signed your boy J.C. Jackson because Bill Belichick still lives in the 1990s where you don't pay good players. Yep. Seems like a, a, a yep. sound strategy. Um, you have Justin Herbert, who's a freak, obviously. And this, I feel like this is kind of the year that he really ascends. You know, the, the third year, Justin Herbert year. So uh, I couldn't be more in on the charge. Yeah, to me, I guess I'll, I'll save some of this for the weekend fade. They're, they're way too much buzz. They're an easy team and a tough division for me to go against. So we'll get to the Chargers coming up, but I would not be with you on them to make the playoffs at minus 160. How about the the Vikings? I actually thought you were going to take the Our Vikings team. first. Because, so the NFC is down, like you said. They went out and did something we think smart teams do, hire an offensive coach, a guy who was in that mold of the McVay uh, system. They have elite offensive weapons in Jefferson and Cook and Thielen and company. Plus, I think a quarterback will be elevated by the new offensive game plan there. They spent money on the defense, upgraded linebacker. At, at, to lay the 110, I, I, I'm shocked you didn't go Vikings. I will gladly take the Vikings and Ravens here with my first two picks. Yeah, and, and the Vikings thing is, is very interesting um, because at the same time, it's like there's a lot of things that make sense here. I think the Packers have a bit of a down season. Um, oh, yeah. Again, like now, now Aaron Rodgers is, is throwing his young receivers on the under the bus. I'm sure they are uh, thrilled to be there. Um, it, it just comes down to Kirk, man. Like he is, he is the only thing holding me back from thinking that, that like locking in the Vikings can win the the NFC North. I think on paper, you look at it. If you just put a blindfold on and and took out Kirk Cousins' yep. name and you looked yep. at his stats, you're like, they're obviously going to win the NFC North. The Kirk Cousins factor is literally, I believe, <laughs> holding down the, the, the Vikings playoff odds. I really believe that. Yeah, I, I he he had a good year last year. Was looking at his numbers and surprised. And if I think the Kevin O'Connell good years, I, it's you're right. And they'll play more primetime games, and he's not great in primetime games. So maybe I'm, I'm I'm taking the obvious cheese here, but they do feel like, especially because of the conference, you mentioned it. It feels more wide open, doesn't it? The NFC, I think the AFC, you feel really good about at least four teams. Say those four are going to be playoff teams. I don't have that same conviction this year in the NFC, Jack. Yeah, 100%. Again, like I mentioned a couple minutes ago, like I think there's a team that misses the playoffs in the AFC that would be a top three seed in the NFC. Like, well, how, about, we, how about the Denver Broncos? We haven't talked about Denver yet. They make all the major offseason moves. Uh, they, again, feel like they're a good team, a lot of buzz. But in a very tough division, what would you want to do with Denver at minus 150 
to make the playoffs this year with the Russ Wilson reset. They've also had some injuries here in camp that might be an issue. Yeah, they have. And the thing that the the thing that separates them, I believe, from the last couple of years of of big time quarterbacks changing teams is that when they changed teams, when it was Brady, when it was Stafford, is that they went to programs that had head coaches in place. They had uh, Bruce Arians down in Tampa. They had yeah. Sean McVay out in Los Angeles. The thing that is giving me a bit of cause for fa- cause for pause here is Nathaniel Hackett. You know, I mean, no one really knows anything about him. Uh, we, we don't know if he can handle, uh, you know, the star and the and the and the expectations surrounding that that Broncos yeah. team, and like those quarterbacks that have gone to these systems, they they had everything in place and they decided to kind of take over. Like maybe Russell can do it. Like I think this whole idea that Russell Wilson's cooked is like it's just such a false narrative. I think he's yeah. still really good. I think he's gonna play for a while. There, hold really on. Good I, I, I won't say cooked, but is there a question mark? He played with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Are Judy Sutton, uh, the tight end whose name I cannot pronounce the life of me? Like are those guys, is there a chance they're not as good? And Russell Wilson was propped up at some level by two elite wide receivers. There is, but I also think that I, was, I also kind of felt like the Seahawks were still wanting to be this run-based team, like still wanting yeah, to, Pete to make sure they, they focus. Then Pete Carroll's all, all about that. I think Hackett's going to open it up more. So, you know, I've been all in on the Broncos. I believe in Russell Wilson. Uh, I would put money on him to win an MVP just because he's never received votes before, and I think he has a lot of the narrative stuff around him heading into the year. Um, so I, I'm in on the Broncos, I think more than you are. And oh, yeah. again, the, the first year head coach in the AFC West thing is scary. The one team that also sticks out for me from the, from the NFC is, uh, the New Orleans saints. You know, I think there's been a lot yeah. of, especially when we talk about how wide open the NFC is missed the playoffs last year. They've always had really good rosters. And if you just look at their team, uh, I know Jameis is the quarterback. I get it. It's it's worrisome. He can throw 30 touchdowns and 30 picks, but he has Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry, um, Alvin Kamara yeah. at his disposal. Loaded. They added Loaded. Uh, they they added Tyron Matthew uh, in the offseason. Um, like they have a that Marshawn Lattimore is still there. Like you look at the Saints and they've sneakily turned into like a defensive first team. The last couple of years, after all those years with Drew Brees putting up like 5,040 touchdowns, they've actually been a defensive team with Dennis Allen still there as the head coach now. So, um, you know, especially with how wide open the NFC is, I think the Saints uh, make a run to the playoffs here as well. Yeah, and if you think that Carolina stinks like I do and Atlanta is, is they're just punting on the year, then there's two really yes. bad teams in that division. Maybe you, can't, you want to really get lucky. Maybe Brady just walks away. I mean, who knows what he's going to do? At at least a 1% chance Brady's not playing football anymore. I'm sure more on that in the coming weeks. The re- most ridiculous odds here before we get out, the Washington football commanders are plus 150 to like plus 165 to be a playoff team. Those seem like the dumbest odds ever they have no shot of making the postseason i don't know who's betting this team they have no fans i saw the pictures of their training camp it's a trash barrel and a lawn chair you see a little league game i don't know who's betting it i double and triple check the line for some reason they're plus 150 to play a playoff team do not bet on that do not make that bet we'll get to other bets we're not going to make here it's the weekend fade coming up here on the betql network betql weekend mutt and fritz do not go anywhere
Welcome back to BetQL Weekend with Mike Menansky and Jack Fritz on the BetQL Network. BetQL Weekend, BetQL Network, Mutt and Fritz, Mike Menansky, WEEI in Boston, Jack Fritz, WIP in Philadelphia. If you're watching twitch.tv, BetQL, you can check us out there as well. Uh, We will get to the Fritz list and the excitement level in Philadelphia for the biggest baseball series since Abner Doubleday invented the game, folks. We'll get to that coming up uh, in the third segment of this one-hour program. Let's react, uh, Fritz, you first here to the Sean Watson news we got this week. Finally rumored, long rumored. Suspension came down. Not six games, not a full year. 11 games, $5 bucks to fine. Uh, by no means the hammer uh, by the NFL, but they must have felt like this was the best way to get this thing done without getting into a prolonged legal battle with the NFLPA. What do you think of the decision? Then we'll get to the impact on the Browns and their season, their win total. Yeah, I mean, uh, the it felt light. You know, it did. And yep. his whole press, that whole press conference was just nauseating. You know, the whole, like, last week, oh, you know, I'm sorry for everyone. And then, you know, yesterday, yeah, I'm innocent. It's like, what, dude? Whatever. It was, it was. It was rough. It was an annoying, it was an annoying watch um, and just disappointing. Um, So I felt like they got off light. I felt like the fine was light, especially because like he's he's not losing any money this year. Like they they worked into his contracts. They knew that this was going to happen. So he still keeps like all the money, which is whatever. The thing that honestly, honestly, the thing that stuck out to me was like the NFL is so shameless, you know, they always have to capitalize on what's going to make them the most money. And the fact that his first game back is going to be against the Texans <laughs> in Houston, it's like yeah. you could have suspended him 13 games. You could have suspended him 12. They, I believe that they specifically chose the 11 weeks so that they made sure his first game back was in Houston so they could capitalize on the ratings they'll get there. And it's just, it's so shameless. Uh, and once again, it's like, and, like it, it fr- honestly, it frustrates me how much sports now have become like, what's going to make us the most money? Like that's what it all is. Every time, every decision, having a million teams in the MLB postseason is like, oh well, that's because we need as many, as all the dollar signs we need in the postseason. We need it because that's all anyone watches. It's like, well, what's the point of the regular season? Just make like eighty games, you know? So it just felt like another kind of money grab at at oh, we got to get ratings out of this rather than. I believe doing the right thing. Yeah, a, a lot of what you said, uh, I would agree with. He certainly got off light, and, and the 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 back and forth of what he said months ago versus what he said last week, as they were, you know, going to finalize this penalty, to what he said yesterday, what the owner said yesterday, uh, people around that team said yesterday. I just, it's it's tough to imagine as a Browns fan getting ready to enjoy this. You know, you're supposed to, you got a top five quarterback in the league. You're about to change your franchise, and now it's like I don't know how you look at him and not think about uh, some of the allegations, but also the way he reacted to it in the last 24, 48 hours. Mm-hmm. Like you said, um, it didn't really affect their win total. It's still mostly eight and a half. Fritz was the number. Yeah. Uh, if you want to, you bet the over at minus one thirty-five. You can bet the the under at plus one hundred five. I was under on the Browns anyway, and you know we can go through their schedule, Mike Francesa style, if you want. But it's tough. <laughs> I have a hard time coming up with nine wins and the 11 games is sort of weird, right? If they really struggle and he comes back, what if he's playing in a meaningless six games down the stretch? Like I, I'm out on them. Not just, not because of this, but from a betting standpoint, I like the 105. I would take the under eight and a half wins. 
Yeah, eight and a half does seem a little bit high. Um, but at the same time, like I think people are just assuming Jacoby Brissett's just a bad quarterback. Like, every time I watch Jacoby Brissett, it's not like I'm wowed. You know, I'm not like, wow, what a good quarterback. But I think at worst, he's going to be okay. You know, I think he's going to run a competent offense. I don't think – it's not like they're going from Deshaun Watson to, you know, Joe Schmo or like or, – or, or Chase Daniel, you know, like going from a yeah. – to an unknown, unproven quarterback. Like, Jacoby Brissett's won some games in this league. But when you factor in everything that's going on, the factor in that at week, whatever, 13, he comes back because I think they have a bye worked in there. Um, yep. The fact that they're going to try to shoehorn in a, a brand-new quarterback, I know he's before – uh, all of this he was a top five quarterback it just seems like that's a mistake you know and, and I know they don't really have a choice to do it so they think they have to do it um but it just feels like everything that's going on you, you bring him back in then you have the massive distra- uh, distraction of him being being brought back like that's something that when you're looking at an eight and a half it, it screams under and you know part of the reason why I think the the Raiders survived last year everything that they had going on was because Derek Carr was their quarterback and their leader. Well, Deshaun Watson is supposed to be this team's leader as a quarterback. That's yeah. kind of the role as a quarterback. So he's going to be away from the team, and then he's going to be brought back in, and then he's going to be still trying to win over teammates in the city. It, a lot is going into it, and uh, I think the under is is damn near a lock at this point. Yeah, I, I haven't played it yet, but now that we know it's 11 games, it's something that I think I want to get involved with for a season-long perspective. And look, this is more sports radio. This is not analytical. This is not numbers-based. But couldn't you envision, Fritz, like Sunday morning now has become this major news dump for the NFL. Like Schefter, Rappaport, they saved their big stories now with Sunday morning news cycle. And look, is it crazy to project that at some point this Sunday morning, maybe even week 13, here comes another expose where there's more stuff that hasn't come out or the Texans knew this, the Browns knew that. So it's 11 games now. Would you be surprised if it's more? Or would you be surprised if like something else breaks during the year that adds layers to this and even more negative for the Browns? Would not be surprised at all. You know, I mean, there's people coming out, you know, like uh, within the last month, it seems like more uh, accusers and stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely don't think this is going to just be the end of it. I don't think this is just going to go away and, and he's just going to come back and everything's going to be fine. And he's going to go play football again. And, and, and whatnot there's there's too much here and uh yeah it's just uh massively disappointing uh from that standpoint all right so uh maybe they'll tie into what we want to talk about here and that is things we're going to fade here the weekend fade occasionally on this show we'll tell you about uh players props bets teams anything that we're fading here on the weekend fritz uh i am fading obviously the browns and their win totals. yes uh, that's an easy one uh, I also want to fade the Chargers you brought up here earlier in the show. I think our Chargers are a team getting too much hype right now. I think you're right about the talent around them, but how many times are these, these greatest teams ever, they don't end up living up to the hype. The coach is someone who is smart analytically, but still in game. I, I, I need to see it long-term. I need to see, like you said, take the tide, be smart. Don't be stupid about this. Don't overthink it. And then you tie in the toughest division in sports, with three other teams that are going to be good in my mind and two that I really like. I'm fading your Chargers, man. I'm not buying the hype on this team this year. I don't get why. I frankly don't. Like, I understood it. I understand that the rest of the roster was just was, was really good and the quarterback was yep. just okay. But doesn't yep. Justin Herbert kind of erase some of your fears? Like, not only is the roster already really good, 
but they also have a top five quarterback that is going to be ridiculous. So, well, well I, um, I, and again, they, but the, it's the pressure now, like they're supposed to win this year. The chiefs are still there. The Raiders are playing for this year right now. Denver got Russell Wilson. So every game is going to be tough. And I think there's some question about in close tight games, how does that coaching staff respond? And look, they're going to be good, but I, I'm fading them as a playoff team this year. I'm going to bet them to not make the postseason. They're not going to win that division for sure. There's too many better teams in the AFC. And we're a team that's got pressure on them for the first time. And a coach that you alluded to earlier, still some question marks. They're an easy team to fade at minus 170 to be a playoff team. Yeah, but here's the thing. Is that pressure in LA doesn't really count as pressure. You and I, we do major market radio in two <laughs> cities that like, that, 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 that will humble brag. No, uh, yeah. but we, but yeah. like that, like, like expectations and pressure are real in Northeast cities in Chicago uh, when they hold those teams accountable. I don't know if they really do, you know, especially Gersh like does not hold his teams accountable at all. Um, but you look at, you look at the cities where there was actually expectations. And then you go to these, like, like that, that's what's so frustrating with sports right now is that like, it feels like LA is turning into this big, you know, uh, hub for all these champions. It's like, yeah, because there's no expectations. All they have to do is just go out there and play. There's no pressure from the fan base. You know, like, that's how I feel about the Rams. And I, and I feel about a lot of the teams out there right now, the Dodgers. It's like, yeah, if just show up and play. You, you can fit in with all the stars out there. Miami, I kind of feel the same way. Now they haven't won with the Heat, whatnot. So the, the pressure, who's it coming from? National stuff? Like, yes, no pressure every day. The, N the NFL is the biggest story every day. And that coaching staff and those players as one of the favorites to come out of the AFC. You're going to see every day how they're underachieving. Like, it's, it's the, it, I agree on baseball, right? I get it. Baseball, Shohei Otani and Mike Trout don't exist right now, which is terrible yeah, for Major League yeah. Baseball. But, but football, it's a big story every day. Are you going to argue with me about my fade, or are you going to give any fades for the people? I have, I have more here. We can't get to them because you're fighting me on the first one. Deep breaths, pal. Deep breaths. <laughs> I just wanted to calm down. You've been all you've been all fired. Someone's ready for the weekend. It sounds like <laughs> my my weekend fave, and this is this means a, a lot coming from me. Oh, I love this kind of coach, and 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 frankly, I would love to buy into it. But what I'm starting to see, Mutt, is I'm starting to see what we see every year around this time, and that is the hard knocks hype. I am here to fade. The Detroit wow. Lions. Wow, you're and, you were driving the bandwagon. You had him as a playoff team a month ago. Wow. Yeah. Well, here's the thing that happened is that that started getting too popular, and everything that gets too popular, I immediately start to question. So, um, I am fading the Lions, and here's why: is that I think they're going to come out and they're going to play with their hair on fire. They may even win Week One, but here's the thing that's going to happen. Because they don't have enough talent, they're going to tune out Dan Campbell, and the hard-nosed approach is going to eventually backfire. It's all great right now, and it was good last year, and they fought last year, but a second straight year of putting that much work in and falling short simply because you're not talented enough, I think they're going to check out. So I will take the under of six and a half with the Detroit Lions on this weekend page. You're a smart man. And this is, and by the way, this is a real fade, folks, okay, whether Fritz knows this or not. 97% of the bets, 99% of the money is on the Lions to be a playoff team this year. That is insane. You are totally right on this. It is a great, great fade. I love it. I want to fade a team in New York. 
I want to fade a baseball team yes. in New York. Not Zach's Mets. Mets. Yep. I'm the fading Mets. the Yankees. No, I'm not fading the Mets. I am fading the Yankees. And we've alluded to this uh, the last uh, really a couple of uh, months on this show. I think the Houston Astros are better. I think the fact that the Yankees cannot get themselves righted is a sign of bigger issues with that team. Their bullpen's starting to get banged up. Homes to the IL. It's a little bit too much. Garrett Cole in a big spot in the postseason will melt down, fading the New York Yankees. I want no part of them to get to the ALCS. None. I'll one I'll uh, one up you there, Mutt. The Yankees are dead. It's over. <laughs> this team is not good. I don't care what their record is. I yeah. they, they are not a good baseball team. Some are calling it the curse of Joey Gallo. Uh, the second that they moved on from him, uh, the last time I checked, I think they're uh, I think they're they've, they're three and eleven since they traded Joey Gallo. So wow. you know they removed the one sixty hitter from the lineup and they got worse. Three and thirteen, as Zach points out. So the curse of Joey Gallo is real. That team is donezo. I mean, an, another. I don't want to pat ourselves on the back. We're not me guys um but we called this months ago like we we've been on the astros for a while the astros still have so much real estate in that yankees team's head um judge is cooled off i don't think he's gonna get there i don't know if he's gonna get to uh roger maris's uh number so the starting staff's banged up the bullpen's banged up garrett cole's a choker he's like the uh he's like the epicenter of 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 oh Major shut League your pitchers. mouth i don't that don't don't say that i'm gonna be i'm gonna be live to watch epicenter race next saturday so i don't want to hear any hatred from you on one of the greatest three-year-olds uh in the country um he doesn't I, win anything how is he a he great just won, he just won, save, save, listen we'll get to the travers preview next week it's a little early to preview epicenter winning the travers I'm fading a golfer this week, okay? And I can do this because it's a no-cut event. It's the second-to-last event of the year on the PGA Tour. It's the BMW Championship. Keegan Bradley, I'm supposed to root for him because he's Tom Brady's buddy. He's from the Northeast. His aunt, Pat Bradley, legend from Western Massachusetts. He went seven under on day one. I'm fading him. He is not going to win. Cam Young. I don't know what Cam Young's doing as we tape this on Friday, but Cam Young's the guy. We are fading Keegan Bradley. Any other weekend fades for you, Fritz? Keegan Bradley stinks, man. We, he hasn't been relevant. <laughs> he hasn't been relevant in like eight years. Like, who, ridiculous. why are you talking about Keegan Bradley? Because we get um, yeah, there. It's, it's this weird thing. People on the show do gamble. They don't close their accounts and run scared when they lose three or four bets in a row. It's a gambling show, and I love betting golf. We bet on Cam Young. We're fading Keegan. Anything else you're fading? Uh, you well, well, first off, I'm I'm excited to play uh, Wilmington Country Club here in a couple weeks, so that'll be exciting. Oh, nice. For me. Look tough. Yeah, Looks yeah. tough. Yeah, tough yeah, it's no big deal. Uh, I guess my last fade is obviously the Phillies heading this weekend. No shot. Uh, <laughs> they win this series against the Mets. Don't like the vibes heading into it. The Mets are too good. Um, uh, Phil's, you know, I don't care that Wheeler and Nola are pitching classic chokers. I don't care that half the Mets staff is hurt. Uh, they know how to win. That's all they do up there in New York is win. My weekend fade is obviously the Phillies heading into sad. this weekend. This is sad. The 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 Bill Simmons esque, you know, self fade trying to reverse jinx and see your team gets to the win. I mean, honestly, it is that's a sad performance, but not as sad, not as sad as the tweet you sent out on Friday morning. We'll get to that coming up along with the Fritz list, the baseball weekend as well. It's BetQL weekend, BetQL Network. Keep it here.
Welcome back to BetQL Weekend with Mike Menansky and Jack Fritz on the BetQL Network. Home stretch, BetQL Weekend, BetQL Network, Mutt and Fritz. We'll get to the Fritz list. We'll get to a big weekend across baseball. But real cool question for you, Fritz. You've had this very sort of old school, anti-money, get the kid, you get off my lawn, you kids, old man yelling a cloud vibe to the show. So can't I saw this week Kansas is set to launch sports betting September 1st. So if you're listening in Kansas, you got legalized sports betting coming. Massachusetts, maybe this year. Maryland, not till 2023-24. That thing's dragging out. But FedEx Field is likely going to get a sports book. Is are you okay with these stadiums like Fenway or FedEx or down there at the link? Do you want sports books at stadiums? Because I do. I think it'd be a great experience. It'd be great for the consumer. But you're sort of against everything today. So any hate for this? Well, I'm mostly just against you today. Um, so That's really, great. whatever you say, I kind of feel the opposite. Um, well, I don't know. I know, like, I know that you know, for as much as you have, you know, roasted my gambling prowess so far this podcast, um, we actually have sports gambling in Pennsylvania, and have had a sports book at the link. <laughs> We've had a sports book at the link for like three years. So, does it uh, work? Welcome Is to the twenty. People like it. People go there, bet in the games. Is it enjoyable? No, because like I think everyone just has it on their phone now, and it's kind of. It, it's kind of hard to find, frankly. Like, I think people would just rather do it on their phone. I know that's another thing that you're not allowed to do. I know you have to drive eight mile, eight minutes to go across the state. You can't bet on I your do. phone. So another, another good advancement to the state of Massachusetts. Um, but no, I think, I think that people are just going to continue to do it on their phone. And I, I just, like, there, it's there. I think people will go. Um, but I don't think it's this big, like, boom that, that people were expecting. Because frankly, I felt the same way you did. You know, a couple of years ago down here, they were opening a casino right in like right around the parking lot uh, before Eagles games. They, they built one. And all I could envision was like these guys are bombed or people are bombed at like 1230 and are like, you know what? We're putting we're putting 100 on the birds and like walking to the <laughs> casino and then walking in. Um, but now I just now that it's on your phone, it's just so much easier and you don't have to go get a ticket and and do all this like you have to do so um you know i think it's it's interesting it'll create some buzz but ultimately people are just going to do it on their phone anyway all right so uh kind of a thumbs down there so i shouldn't be as excited here for maybe potentially happening in massachusetts yeah. uh if you were betting on location or on your phone you can in philadelphia you joked about this sort of hate you don't want to bet the phillies you tweeted this morning it feels like a football game day you're that excited for baseball this weekend for the Phillies, uh, are you really betting against them, or do you have some confidence in their a huge weekend for Philadelphia baseball? Yeah, so uh, I'll put my bit aside for a second and, and try to give you uh, real analysis on BetQL weekends, Good. which is Good. which is what we do. Um, but no, like legitimately, I woke up today with a knot in my stomach. Like I've been very nervous all day, and I guess it's hard for you to fully understand that much because you've experience so much winning in your past with your baseball team. It's fair. Uh, fair. Again, it's been 11 seasons. I have watched so many clips of the 2007 to 2011 Phillies. They're so ingrained into my brain that I just, I need new memories. And, um, you know, this is kind of one, (laughs) I know it's sad, but this is kind of one of the, like, like, this is one of the biggest weekends of my life. And it is, it is something (laughs) we it said is. put the bit aside you're, you you sound like a crazy person it's august baseball 
I know, but it, like I no, but I need them to take three or four. Like it's 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 the thing I need the most in my life right now is them to take three or four this weekend because I need to know. Here's my thing: I need to know if they're just playoffs good, like make the playoffs good, or if they are actually good and could actually do damage. Because I am in the, I'm personally in the camp of I think they could win a round if they make the postseason. You know, especially if they get the six seed and they face the Cardinals in the first round, they have the season series over the Cardinals, Brewers, and Padres. So they have all those tiebreakers. And I just like their chances heading into that series if they get the six seed. Five seed would be tougher because they face the Braves. Um, and you're on the road for all three games, which would be annoying. But the, the thing about this weekend, the Mets are kind of banged up. I don't know how they're going to react. So last night they lose uh, three or four down in, in Atlanta. Uh, the best opener yep. in baseball, Jacob DeGrom, lost another game. I think they're two and three in his start since since coming back from the uh, since coming back from the injury. So uh, yet again, they don't, they're not helping out Jacob DeGrom. So I just wonder if if they have like an emotional letdown off of off of that Braves series. I, I think they put a lot into that. They view the Braves as more their competition, not the Phillies. And I think the Phillies are getting them at a good time. Where last weekend was annoying, the Phillies lost two or three. I think they want to prove to the Mets that they are just as good as them. They haven't done that so far this year. Um, and they are getting some reinforcements back. Like Schwarber will be in the lineup tonight um, at the DH. So um, he's not ready to play the field yet. I don't think they want to uh, test his calf out. They are down Brandon Marsh, who they traded for at the trade deadline. So they, they're down their center fielder, um, which isn't great. But it's Wheeler, Nola, um, and Kyle Gibson on Sunday. Bailey Falter is going to start one of those games. No one cares about that. So they do have their two aces. Kyle Gibson's been really good re recently. And the Mets, like, they avoid Scherzer. They avoid DeGrom. They got uh, David Peterson. Yeah. They got, um, you know, Bass's night will be tough. They might face, like, Trevor Williams tomorrow. So I think the Phillies are getting at a good spot. I genuinely believe that. And that's why I'm putting the expectation heading into this weekend at 3 or 4. Yeah, 2-1 to one to win the series. The split is plus 164. So an opportunity there. The Phillies take two or potentially three out of four. I just, it's August. I, you tell me to calm down. You said it's the most important weekend of your life. You think Braves fans last year on August 20th, like, oh boy, this series is going to turn with World Series winners or not. You have time to round into form. This weekend, it's not make or break. Just, I hate to break the reality to you. It's not make or break. Your team's To good. you. To you, I agree. It's not make or break. To me, it's 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 damn near life or death at this point. Um, so you said things very... annoy you in sports. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's fine. It's just that this is it, it, from the standpoint that they've been they've been beaten by the Mets so much this year. It is it has been frustrating for me to have to deal with these Mets fans. Like by the way, the worst part about Mets fans is that like the any semblance of a good baseball team. And they, they, they're just all cocky, you know, like they're, they're back to it's 1986 all over again. Like we're back, like relax. Okay. You're having your first competent baseball year in a couple of years enough. Um, so it's been frustrating to deal with that. And really like, I just, I just want to know how good this team is, is like, I, I, I think they're playoff good. I think they're definitely good, but I want to know how good they are. Obviously we won't know that until Bryce is back on September 1st, but it's a, it's a big weekend expectations-wise for me. I, it's been a while since I've had big series around here, Mutt. Like, sue me. Yeah. It's been a while. I need it. I need good baseball it back in my a, life. It should be a big series in Baltimore slash Williamsport for the Red Sox. But, unfortunately, the yes. run they made, it's, it's, it's a fake run. They're still – and you talk about tiebreakers. It's funny. People don't realize that there's no, there's no Monday this year. Like, I love that Monday one-off, but they've taken that away. 
it's now like head-to-head records. And the Red Sox, unless they sweep the series, are going to lose head-to-heads to the Rays and Blue Jays. So they're really six games back. Because I'm giving the Mariners. In this show, we gave the Mariners a playoff spot. They're too fun to root against. So the Mariners are yes. in. Uh, Red Sox are six back. They go to Baltimore, who – things that suck in sports. Teams like the Pirates, who manipulate the service time for a crappy team to keep good young players in the minor leagues, not pay the money. Teams like the Orioles, who are in the playoff hunt. They trade Mancini in a reliever. Like, this should be a big series to them. They're not one and a half games back. Got to be brutal to be a fan of, like, a team like Baltimore or Pittsburgh, unless, unless you're one of our producers holding a 40-1 to ticket on Rutschman to win the ALM, AL Rookie of the Year. I don't think he's out of it. Your guy, Julio, he's a big favorite, but I think the Orioles catcher's got a shot at this thing. Yeah, and um, I guess if I was an Orioles fan, I, I, I agree with you. It is frustrating that they kind of – are half in, half out. Like I, I, I understand that, and it was forty-five to one. If you could, if you could be accurate. I know I got it wrong. Sorry. Um, good number. Good number. But I think if you're an Orioles fan, I think they've created enough magic this year to where you're, you're more buying, and you're not totally devastated that they're not like hundred percent in. It's been part of their plan. I mean, their, their plan's been working so far. Um, now Adley is obviously a big part of that. Like uh, Joe Giglio uh, stole my take and and used it on these airwaves, which I don't appreciate. Um, but I said that Abby Rutschman is the next Posey a month and a half ago, and he brought that up this week. So I'm not one to rip other shows on this. Wow. Network, but he takes Snake Jeff. Oh, he takes Snake yeah, Jeff he, there on radio. Wow. He, he did. Uh, so I think Adley's the next Posey where it just gets up, changes the culture, and they go on a bit of a run here. It's not going to be like what the Giants did, three World Series in six years or whatever. Um, but I think they're going to be really good. Yeah, should be a really fun weekend uh, of baseball across. Uh, get the wild card races at the American League. You got three or four teams still with a legit shot at it. The Red Sox, they say six games, no, they're not going to make that run. But it should be a fun week for baseball. And uh, if the if the Mets, I'm actually kind of rooting for the Mets now this week. I have a rooting interest. And now I'm with Zach, our producer. I'm with Mets fans today, uh, this week. Wow. I think I, I got to sort of knock you down a little bit. Go Mets go. Uh, all right. It's that time of the show. People sit in their car and they wait for. They skip ahead on the podcast to listen to. It is the Fritz list. Uh, Jack Fritz, what do you have for us today? God only knows. Well, Mutt, uh, I would like to wish you and all of our listeners a happy potato day. And my Fritz list today is the five best ways to consume a potato. Okay. Oh, I love Are it. Ready? Love it. Let's go. Number five. Number five is hash browns. Hash browns are elite. They are a good breakfast item. Uh, I think McDonald's makes absolutely fire hash browns. Big fan of those. Hash browns comes in at number five. It's got to be somewhere in the no. top five. I'd like to know what is better than a, a good hash brown. Uh, so what, what, well, is, that's what where could possibly be better? Number four is mashed potatoes. Um, a, a elite dinner combo. Uh, you get some gravy in there. You get some salt, some pepper. The mashed potato truly makes most dinner meals in my humble opinion food 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 i liked as a kid not as much anymore i prefer hash browns so really? right you're off to a bad start go ahead number three really number three is the the fine potato chip it's a it's a staple oh. a potato chip is a timeless classic especially i'm not pandering to you but the cape cod potato chip is just oh, truly have some upstairs mesquite barbecue 40 percent fat for all oh, baby let's go oh whole bag at a time no. by the way no the potato chip developed in Saratoga Springs, New York, home of Saratoga wow. Racecourse. Wow, and, the, and that loser at the center. Number get to, two, get to French fries. I want to see where you put French fries. Where is French fries? Let's go. Number two, French fries. French fries comes in at number two. Hard to mess them up. Although I've become less of a fan of the fat French fry. 
They can be bad. I don't like a fat French fry. I, I don't need well, too much cook, potato. It's tougher to cook them. You can't cook them as equally when they're fat. It might get kind of a raw spot in there. So I agree. What, yeah, and they get dry easily. What is number one? Number one, one is, is, is obviously breakfast potatoes. You have breakfast potatoes. You have some some ketchup that you you, you dump them in and then you eat them. So frankly, a, a breakfast is not the same unless you have breakfast potatoes. I always go out of my way to make sure I get them. The five best ways to consume a potato. Yeah, I mean, it's that is a real reach to put that ahead of uh, French fries. I mean, but that sounds like you to get a reach. No potato skins. No baked potato. No. Potato salad. Don't, are they also receiving votes? Anybody? They're in there. I, I had tater tots on the outside looking in. Uh, tater tots are money. Excellent job, Fritz. Thank you for listening. It's a ridiculous show. Have a great sports and betting weekend. We will talk to you next week on BetQL Weekend.